I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I want you to think of one thing, at least, that you can give thanks for about the past year. You know, we complain a lot about it and talk a lot about what a weird year it was, and it was, but is there anything you can give thanks for in 2020? Why don't you do that and just tell the Lord, thank you for whatever that might be. Just tell it to the Lord. Spend some time in prayer. Now, is there anything coming out of 2020 that's unresolved in your life? Is there anything that's kind of carried over? And you want to pray about that right now and just say, Lord, as I go into 2021... I want to see this thing fixed. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a sin problem. Maybe it is something, uh, an unfinished project. Something like that. Why don't you pray about that? Lord, as I go into 2021, I really want to see this resolved and taken care of. And then is there a person that you prayed for in 2020 and they still need to know the Lord? Would you lift them up and say, may this be the year that they come to know Christ as Savior and Lord? Name their name before the throne of the Most High God. And then is there someone sick or is there someone grieving or someone suffering that's on your heart this morning? Pray for them and ask God to help them. Father, as we prayed individual, now we pray as a body. We pray you would bless our church. May this be a year of great blessing and great fruitfulness. May this be a year where we see people saved, baptized, and discipled. May this be a year where we see greater purity and holiness in our lives. May this be the year where we actually think about the coming of Jesus Christ and we live our lives in light of the second coming of Christ. This could be the year. I pray, Father, for... Our people who are sick, I pray for Craig and Deborah Megan and their family as they fight COVID. I pray for Tanya Oldham as she faces open heart surgery. I pray, Father, for people that have needs that are buried, needs that are deep, needs that go far beyond what we can see. And I pray for the lonely. I pray for the discouraged I pray for those who are trapped in sin that they're ashamed to even ask for help. And I ask you, Lord, to hold them as we sang fast. And I ask you, Father, to liberate them. And I ask you to give them hope. And I pray that you would remind us today what we talked about in Sunday school. What is our only hope in life and death? 
and it's simply that we belong to the Lord. Remind us of that today to the glory of your name and fill your people with peace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And if you agree, would you say amen? Let's turn to the Gospel of Matthew and let's go to chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. I was thinking that we are past the birth of Jesus Christ, and so we ought to talk about that. And uh, we're going to take this. This is a long passage, so we're going to make a point and then read the scripture that goes with it, because we're going to talk about a new normal today. And we have uh, talked about that all during 2020. This is our new normal. This is our new normal. Well, some of those things, when I look at it, I go, I don't want this to be the new normal. I am so tired of wearing a mask. I don't want this to be something that I do for the rest of my life. Do you? I'm looking forward to a day when I go like, no more masks. Thinking about the social distancing and stuff. And uh, how long has it been? Since you just walked into church and gave somebody a hug without them backing off real fast. You know, some of those kind of things we took for granted. I'm thinking about how uh, people, even when you go into Walmart or something like that, with the masks on and people kind of, you know, staying apart from us, people don't talk like they used to. People don't smile like they used to. And uh, there's a lot of people that are just simply afraid. And they don't seem to have any hope. And as believers, we need to understand that our hope is in Christ. And uh, we need to live as though we have hope. And minister to people and serve the Lord and honor Christ in everything that we do. But most of the world will talk about hope. And when they say hope... They talk more about wishful thinking than they do confident assurance. You and I have confident assurance. So there are some things <clears throat> that when I think about a new normal, I kind of go, no, thank you. And then I got to um, pondering that. We act like we're the first generation to have a new normal. We act like everybody else had it just so well And now all of a sudden, we're having to change. And uh, that led me to Matthew chapter 2. Now, let me just set it up by saying this. Mary and Joseph's lives were never the same again after the visits from the angels. When Mary is visited by Gabriel and she is told, you have conceived a child of the Holy Spirit and this child will be the son of God And her life was never the same again. When Joseph finally was told by the angel, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, because uh, the child that is in her is of the Holy Spirit, his life was never the same again. And what did they have hopes and dreams about before? You see, Mary never grew up saying, you know... uh, Whenever I have a a baby, it'll be the Messiah and I will be the mother of Christ. That probably never really entered her mind until she had that meeting with the angel. 
Mary probably was thinking that I'm going to get older, I'm going to get married, and uh, then we'll, uh, Joseph and I will have children, we'll have a carpenter shop, we'll run our home, and everything will be just like everybody else's, and probably just like life had been for hundreds of years. Joseph probably is thinking, I'll become a man, I'll take over my father's business, and uh, I'll have a wife, and I'll have children, I'll be the patriarch of my family, just like things have been done for hundreds of years in our life. And everything changed when they were told about this baby, the Lord Jesus Christ. But even then, don't you know that there were times when Mary said something like this, after the baby comes, things will settle down. Don't you know that Joseph said, after we get established and after we get in our own home and get out of this stable, after we do all of that, everything, then it'll settle down and everything will be normal. But when you go into Matthew chapter 2, you find out it was anything but normal. We're going to mess up your nativity scene here in just a moment. And um, I want you to think about the new normal for Ma Mary and Joseph. Because it kind of corresponds with what we've been, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about. And point number one would be this. The new normal contains the unexpected. There's a lot that we don't know and a lot that we didn't anticipate in the new normal. And that was the same thing for them. Look at this, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king... Behold, <coughs> wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Okay? Nobody, nobody saw this coming at all. This is not the kind of thing that Mary and Joseph said, well, after the wise men come, things will settle down. After the wise men come, when we get the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh, things will settle down. Why? Because they didn't even see this coming. Nobody in Bethlehem expected these wise men to come. Now, back in Jerusalem, when the wise men came through, it said that, Herod was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. However many there were, we don't know how many, there were three gifts. doesn't say there were three wise men. There may have been many more than that. Maybe a big, large entourage of people. After they came bringing their gifts, then what happened in Jerusalem, they were troubled. They were stirred up. There was a lot of talk. Can you imagine if the capital city is stirred up by these wise men coming? What do you think was happening in the little town of Bethlehem? This was big time news. This was weird. It was strange. And who are these people, these Gentiles that have come here? Why are they here? What is going on? There was a lot of talk. After all, this is Bethlehem, it says, of Judah. Judah was a tribe. Judah was a son of um, Jacob. And Judah was the uh, 
family that they all descended from. In other words, in Bethlehem, Joseph was probably related to nearly everybody. And everybody would talk. What are these people doing here? What in the world is going on? What in the world is happening? Boy, it really, really stirred things up. And it stirred things up in a way that nobody ever saw it coming. I don't know what the new normal is going to be in your life, but I can guarantee you one thing. There's going to be something that you didn't see coming, something that you didn't expect, something that is going to change everything. Because as we read in this chapter, had the wise men not come, Mary and Joseph's life might have kind of settled down for a little bit. But you see, it was the coming of the wise men that got Herod's attention. It was the <coughs> coming of the wise men that caused him to be jealous, to cause him to be envious, and to cause him to, well, we're going to find out later on, slaughter all of the babies, two years, male children anyway, two years of age and under. Now this tells us Jesus was probably a toddler about this time. And you'll notice as we read through this, pay attention, the wise men did not come to a stable, they came to a house, not to see a baby, but to see a young child. Some time had passed since Christmas. And this is the kind of thing that gets some unwanted attention. This is the kind of thing that gets the attention of an envious, jealous king. And that brings us then to point number two. The new normal exposes truth as well as hypocrisy. There's something about the new normal that you can't hide you're shown for what you really are. Notice what happens. Verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. You would think that Jerusalem being the place where the temple was, it might have caught their attention. This might be the fulfillment of prophecy, but that's not where they went. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, experts in the Old Testament, of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. <clears throat> but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Well, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. That's where he got the two years and under thing. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Well, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly 
great joy. So what is happening here? You see Herod, the, the man who comes to the chief priest and the scribes, and he, they, and he says basically, hey preacher, where does the Bible say that the Christ child is going to be born? Well, when somebody calls me up, a stranger, and they say, Pastor Greg, could I ask you a question about the Bible? I'm usually happy about that. I'm happy to talk to them. I'm happy to answer those questions because in my heart, I assume they're asking for the right reasons. This is a work of God. This is a work of the Spirit. This is a good thing. Maybe these people were thinking that, hey, Herod's interested in the Bible. Herod's interested in prophecy. Herod's interested in the coming of the Messiah. Yeah, we'll look and we'll help him to find it out. And maybe the wise men thought that too. We're all on the same page, but Herod wasn't on the same page. The wise men were sincere. And they were seeking answers because they wanted to see the Christ child. Herod was not. He wanted to find answers. Why? Because he wanted to eliminate him. He wanted to kill him. He wanted to get rid of him. And there's something about the new normal that makes it clear who's real and who's not. Who's actually going to serve God no matter what and those who were just kind of playing a game. And so during this next year, I'm going to make a prediction. There are going to be some people that are going to disappoint you and disappoint you greatly because their loyalty is not to Christ it's not to his church. It's not I will serve God and do whatever. <clears throat> it's to something else. But you're also going to be encouraged. Because you're going to find that there are people that no matter what, they love the Lord. Their life belongs to Christ. Their hope in life and death is that they belong to the Lord. And they will expend their life, even risk their life, for the cause of of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's going to be made clear just like it is in this story. Herod couldn't cover it up forever. And the truth of the wise men uh, is seen. And it is something to behold. It is a wonderful thing. May your life be during this pandemic. And during the turmoil that might be in 2021. Politically and economically and whatever. May your life show the truth. That your commitment is to King Jesus and that you love him and that our church is solidly behind Christ, his kingdom and his word as we live for him no matter what may come our way. Let's move to point number three. When the wise men came, these are not the kind of people that you would expect to be worshiping a Messiah, a Jewish Messiah. In fact, what were the wise men? Well, they were astrologers. They were people that worked in the arts and in magic. Magi is what we call them. And yet, something happened in their lives when they saw the star in the heavens. They had to find the one who created the star and why the star was created in the first place. And so they come to seek out the one that is born, the king of the Jews. Where did they get that? Well, remember, if they were from Babylon, Daniel had been a wise man in Babylon centuries before. 
Maybe he left something behind. But nonetheless, by the power of the Spirit of God, and according to prophecies in the Word of God, number three, a new normal inspires unexpected worship. Worship from people that you wouldn't expect. Look at verse 11. And when they had come into the, not stable, but into the house, they saw the young, not baby, but child, with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. (coughs) Folks, isn't it interesting that there were no Pharisees there? There were no Sadducees there. The King Herod was not there, and if he had been there, he would not have been for the right reason. But who's there? These weird Gentiles from the east. They were there. They showed up. They had been traveling, no telling how long, and would not be stopped because they wanted to worship the Christ child, the one that was born the king of the Jews. I'm going to tell you, during this time of the new normal, it just may be you see some people come to Christ that you say, I never thought they'd be saved. God may be up to some strange and weird things in people's hearts that you've written off, in the hearts of people that you say, they'll never be interested, they'll never respond to anything, and the Lord might say to you, yeah, well, I'm the one who's in control of that, and I've got other ideas. Because nobody would have expected these astrologers to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Nobody would have, a, would have thought that these Gentiles would be among the first to embrace the Jewish king, the Jewish Messiah. This is weird. This is out of the ordinary. But we have a God who's able to do weird and out of the ordinary type things. This is a God who controls all things and who can use all things for his glory. And he can take a weird situation like COVID-19. He can take a weird political situation like the turmoil in our election and he can use it for his glory. This may not be the end. This may be the beginning of something that is more glorious than we could even imagine. God grant it. Amen? This may be it. Who knows? It was happening here. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody was waiting for this to come. Nobody had this on their calendar except God. I wonder what God has written on his calendar for 2021 that we don't even see coming. And it may be that we see some people come to faith in Christ that we never, ever expected to come. Maybe there's a Saul of Tarsus that's getting ready to be saved. Maybe there's somebody like that that is getting ready to come into our church, be baptized in our baptistry, and become a part of our fellowship and radically change our congregation for the glory of God. Who knows, folks? But we got to have faith. There's a reason for all of this. And God's done it before. May he, by his grace, do it again. Which brings us to 
Point number four. Sometimes we get excited and we say amen to those kind of things. Well, it might be dangerous. The wise men coming brought danger to Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. You ever thought about that? Had they not come, nobody would have heard of them. Had they not come, they wouldn't have had Herod's attention. He hadn't known anything about it (coughs) before now. But the coming of these people that seemed so amazing, so wonderful, and so glorious. Notice what happened. Point number four, it may be dangerous. Verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and look at that next word, flee. F-L-E-E, flee. That's not a word where you say, we're going to go to uh, Disney World in Florida, and we're going to flee there tomorrow. You don't do that. What does flee mean? Danger. Haste. Drop everything. Grab only what's necessary. Let's get out of here. The angel said, run. Flee to Egypt. And stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. But when he arose... He took the young child and his mother by night. By night? We don't think anything about traveling by night. Boy, they did back then. That's when thieves and robbers were out. That's when it was dangerous. By night. And they departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Out of Egypt... I have called my son. Danger. Run. Get out of Dodge, we might say. Go to Egypt and stay there. How long till I tell you? Because Herod wants to kill the baby. Now, if Mary and Joseph had any sense, well, Mary had all of her maternal instincts because Jesus is her child and Joseph is filling in as the adopted father, and he is the one that is protecting this child. Mary and Joseph are probably teenagers themselves, and they feel every instinct they have to protect this baby because this baby is the Son of God. If there's anything you don't want to fail at, it's being a parent for baby Jesus, right? Or the toddler Jesus by this point. So what do they do? They run. Because sometimes revivals bring danger. Sometimes when God does great things that everybody sees, sometimes it brings danger. Sometimes it brings some unwanted attention. And it certainly will bring the attack of the enemy. So be ready in your new normal during 2021. The enemy may attack. And he may attack in a way you didn't see coming. And that's why you've got to keep your armor on. And you've got to be on guard of all of the, on all of this and during all of this because God may be stirring up something that is great, something we've never seen before and he may do a great work and the enemy's not going to like it and the world may not like it either. Be ready. Be prepared. 
This is your warning. Which brings us then to number five. <clears throat> Sometimes during the new normal, there is persecution and there is grief as a result of that. There may be a lot of people that are going to be hurting out of all of this. And the hurting people there are people that we can serve, people we can minister to, people that we can walk alongside, and people that we can help. But you'll notice here in this story, it wasn't Mary and Joseph that were weeping. They were safe. But look at the aftermath of all of the other people in Bethlehem. The Bible says in verse 16, then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they were no more. Have you ever been around somebody who's lost a child? Who's lost a baby I've had people say to me I would go minister to them but I don't know what to say you know what I tell them I don't know either how do you comfort someone in that situation and this is multiples and what brought it on because some wise men came to see Jesus and what happened it stirred up everything and all hell broke loose in Bethlehem and a lot of babies died and a lot of families were hurting and there was a lot of people who were weeping and wailing and lamenting over their children all of this is happening and nobody caused it it wasn't that Mary and Joseph wanted this it wasn't that the wise men said they would do this they had no idea that coming to worship Jesus would stir up the jealousy and the envy of a wicked ruler I want to tell you something, folks. Sometimes persecution and grief comes as a result of God moving and of God working. And there are those times when we're going to try to comfort people and they don't want to be comforted. We're going to try to make sense out of things that they don't understand and they don't get. We can tell them if you've ever been to a funeral where there's a lost person and you say, well, God has a plan in all of this, that means nothing to them. What kind of a cruel God would do this type of thing? What kind of a sadistic God would do all of this? And whatever you try to say, it, it doesn't minister to them because they don't know him. And they don't have the Holy Spirit living within them. And it's hard to live around grieving people. And yet the new normal may contain that which brings us to a sixth thought here that this new normal is not always permanent there are some things that won't go back to the old ways forever changed but some things will the bible says in verse 19 now when herod was dead behold an angel of the lord appeared in a dream to joseph in egypt saying Arise and take the young child and his mother 
and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Well, then he arose and he took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. There are some things that are going to change that you may never ever see them change back to normal again. Sometimes that happens. <clears throat> but there may be some things that do revert back to normal. There may be some things that whatever we're going through, it may be just a temporary thing. It may be just a, a right now kind of thing. It may be just a short thing that you just have to endure it. Just buckle up and endure. Just hold on until you get all the way through it. Some things are going to change, just like they did in Mary and Joseph's life. They weren't in Egypt forever. They weren't running for their lives forever. They weren't under the threat of death from Herod forever. In fact, death hit Herod before it ever hit Jesus. And so they go back to Israel. But here's another thing. Understand this. Number seven. Whatever happens will most assuredly fulfill God's plan. You and I may be looking and saying, how in the world does all of this fit together? But notice this in verse 22. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. Oh, well, things just didn't work out so well. Apparently, Joseph had intended to go back to Bethlehem. Apparently, Joseph intended to live in his ancestral city there. Well, poor Joseph, his dreams are destroyed. Life is not going to be any good. Oh, not so fast. We got to finish the scripture. Notice that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. You know what that tells me? No matter what Herod might do, no matter what might be happening in the political system, in the economic system, no matter what might be happening in their personal lives, no matter what might be happening in the people all around them as they grieve and mourn for their children, I don't understand everything, but I do know this one thing, that it might be fulfilled. You know what that means? When it's all said and done, folks, it's going to be done just exactly as God had planned it. You see, there's coming a day, folks, that the eastern sky is going to light up with the glory of Jesus Christ. And there's going to be a trumpet and there's going to be a shout. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. And then those who are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord will be caught up with them in the clouds to be with the Lord. And thus shall we ever be with the Lord. And there's not going to be anything that is going to stop that. Anything that is going to prevent that. And there are prophecies about what's going to happen at the end times. And COVID-19 is not sovereign. Jesus is sovereign. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are not sovereign. Jesus is sovereign. 
Whatever it is that happens in your life personally, whatever it is that happens in your family, whatever it is that happens in your job, whatever it is that happens to you and to those that you love, whatever it is, when it's all said and done, these words will be added to it that it might be fulfilled, which was written because the word of God is true and the word of God will not fail and the word of God as it prevails will do everything for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about all of that. So I don't know what your new normal is but I suspect it may be a lot like Mary's and a lot like Joseph's. It's just similar. But that's happened before. It happened in the Revolutionary War. It happened in the Civil War. It happened after World War II. It happened in the Great Depression. Things change. They don't ever remain the same. We can never recreate what happened in the past. Certain elements, maybe. But you can't put it all together. Times are different. People are different. Situations are different. All of those things come into play. Some things good, some things horrible, some things tolerable, some things cause a tsunami of upheaval. But there's one thing we can count on. When it's all said and done, Jesus will still be Lord and every prophecy will be fulfilled. And all of God's people involved in his redemptive plan and kingdom will be in their place and solidly, solidly involved in everything that Jesus is doing. And we will be glorified with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And there's going to come a time when you look back on all of this and you're going to say, it was a momentary and light affliction compared to this. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear is not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you love Jesus this morning? Say amen. Let me tell you something. Your life's not in an upheaval right now. Your life is being controlled by a God who loves you. And a God who is taking everything where it needs to be for his glory. And you're going to be a part of that. No one gets left out. No one's going to just fall through the cracks. No one's going to get confused and take the wrong way. He'll guide you. He'll take care of you. And I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. Some of us are not going to make it through. Might be you. Might be me. We don't know. But most of us will. And when we get to the end of 2021, we'll still be saying Jesus is Lord and he does all things well. And we'll be saying that for the next 10,000 years here and in heaven. Jesus is Lord and he does all things well. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you for your time. And if you don't know him, will you trust him today? Ask somebody to tell you how to be born again. If you're interested in joining our church, our doors are open to you. And we would love to be able to help you and serve you in any way that we can. 
because our new normal is under the hand of God. God is in control. And make sure that before you die, you're right with him. Father, we pray that as we think about all of this that we read about in the scripture, we would understand you're not picking on us. Every generation has its challenges. And normal changes constantly. But one thing doesn't change. You, your, your love, your grace, your mercy, and your eternal sovereign plan. Thank you for that. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. May we never, ever forget that. In Jesus' name, amen.